This episode is brought to you by the Geek Therapy Patreon. For as little as $1 a month, you can support Geek Therapy and gain access to exclusive content. To become a patron, visit geektherapy.com slash Patreon. Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. We are Geek Therapy's original geek culture and mental health program. And today we're talking about Black Panther. We just saw the movie. Call it a spoiler cast. Call it whatever. It's full spoilers. We're just going to have a reaction. And this is this is the first time we are doing a reaction episode. We never called them those before. But discussion, dis- discussing a movie or something right after we saw it. This is the first time we do it with Ali and Lauren. And mm-hmm. I'm really, really nervous, Lara. I'm so so nervous. You nervous? Because usually mm-hmm. it's just you and me agreeing on stuff. I know, and it's like peaceful, <laughs> and it's it's a. It used to be a lot of fun. Let's see how this goes. Mm-hmm. And and since I don't want to shake things up too much to start off, Lara, what do you think of the movie? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was amazing from the beginning to the end. Uh, I was really excited about the whole thing. In my showing of it there were people that got up in the middle of it and walked in front of me and I got really mad (laughs) (laughs) but the whole experience from getting there and seeing in the middle of the day on a Friday lines of people and little kids and people in traditional African garb yes um, when I saw it too yeah it it was amazing someone I don't know how I feel about having a kid that needs like a a infant stroller in in the theater with the infant but Mm -hmm. the baby was pretty quiet so (laughs) I'll I'll let them get away with it they need to see their Black Panther too (laughs) but I think almost even more than the the experience the movie itself just the experience and the fact that um, the movie starts in Oakland and uh, Oakland, California, and I am in the Bay Area, and everybody was cheering when they saw Oakland um, <laughs> pop up on the screen. Yeah, everyone's like, "Oh, town!" It was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, that's pretty cool. And I was really excited to see that Oakland is the home of the Wakandan outreach uh, programs. I'm like, okay. It will be. They just bought the buildings, but uh, you know what? Coming soon. I'm trying to figure out the 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 placement of the timeline in the movies because I think it's before Civil War, so that no, means it's already no. here. No, 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 no. It's one. No? It starts one week after Civil War. Okay, gotcha. Because gotcha. Uh, T'Chaka, uh, T'Challa's dad, has died died one week before. Okay, so Civil War. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So I'm assuming like. He fought a giant ant man. He he met Spider Man, and then yeah, a couple days yeah. later, he he was back in Wakanda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Yeah, I didn't introduce everybody. That was Lara Taylor. I'm Josue Cardona, and next up, Lauren Keller, and then we'll leave Ali Matu for the end. Lauren, what you think? Hi, I <laughs> loved it. My favorite thing was the costume and set design. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I could marry a team, I would marry that team. <laughs> because they made the most amazing outfits and costumes and jewelry and uh, weaponry. Oh gosh, I yeah, I was like the design was so fantastic for me. I was gasping in my seat. It was excellent. Uh, this was actually I went and saw it earlier today. This is the first movie I went to by myself. I went and saw a movie by myself. 
which is a fun, weird experience for me. (laughs) I sat next to a black guy and we bumped elbows and laughed at the same parts. That was that was really (laughs) a really nice experience for me. Did you grab him and say, can you believe this design? It's so (laughs) I was just like her hair. And he's like, I know (laughs) it was great. It was great. Awesome. Yeah. Quick thoughts. Uh, Ali. Oh man, I like this film so much. I love this film. I don't want an essay. I just want like your initial (laughs) reactions. Uh, This movie is about stuff, and it's um, (laughs) it's about stuff in interesting ways. Like there's so much to chew on. Um, Just like Lauren, you were saying, it is. the, the aesthetics, the visuals, how the music also comes together. Oh yeah, with the with the Great costumes soundtrack. and and how it is so um, so different and it's so African and it's also so uh, there's also the Black American storyline. Um, mm-hmm. Oh man, I love this movie and I think we could probably spend hours and hours talking about this movie. I I loved it. There's like maybe like one thing I kind of liked a little bit less, but I don't have a lot of big criticisms of this movie. I just have nothing but love for it. Yeah, uh, I loved it too. And it was great to see a Marvel movie. This is like the, I I forgot the count. This is 15, I I think think 17. 17, right? And I stopped counting at like 10. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been a lot because I keep telling people they need to watch 15 different ones before they watch Avengers 3, but I, I might be off by a couple. I've I've seen every one and they're like it gets to a point where you're like, meh, this was like you start ranking them among all of the other ones and sometimes it does get like it does get a little tired. Like we, we the idea of superhero fatigue. But this movie was like you said, so so different, Ali. And it was refreshing and I I loved it. I loved it more than I've liked I've heard a lot of people say this, and I think I've felt the same way. I'll go into a Marvel movie and at the end like, I, w- I probably won't think about it for a while because it feels like another episode in the saga, you know, and it's, yeah. it doesn't feel as, as huge. And but this one, yeah, I mean, it was just so, so great to because it is very much a new chapter. And I think a lot of the Marvel movies will will be changing. And I didn't think they would start changing now. I thought they would start changing after Avengers 3. Mm-hmm. But it, it's yeah, I mean. I loved it. Yeah, there's there's tons of stuff to to unpack and and, and talk about. So I'm I'm curious um, where to start. What do you guys think? Yes, Ali. Uh, uh, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, w- one thing I want to say too before we even get into the film is just Lauren, you were kind of, uh, or actually Laura, you were mentioning this too. The experience of going to it was pretty amazing. Um, and there's been so much awesome amazingness leading up to it. We talk a lot about why media matters here on this podcast. And um, this movie means so much to so many people. And there have been like fundraising efforts to bring kids to this movie. And um, there's been so much going on that like I, I, I just that experience in itself has been awesome. Just the whole complete lead up to this. Yeah, I think about the feeling that I had watching Wonder Woman um, mm. and the chills I got seeing the the Amazons on the screen and crying when she was in battle. Um, and I, th- I think, I hope, I mean, I'm, I'm not black, but I, I hope that this experience was everything that 
anyone that could relate to this could hope for. Um, I hope they had that same like chills and and exhilaration over watching this because it was. I think it was beautifully done, and I know I got excited about the Dora Milaje because they're cool. <laughs> yeah, I think that even more than Wonder Woman, there's way more to relate to if you're black in this movie. Yeah. because mm-hmm. in Wonder Woman you have Wonder Woman, and then you, but you do have the Amazons, but mm-hmm. you have them. They're not a central part of the story. No, but here you have so many different black faces of all ages and of different standing in society, and like Ali said, you know, there you have an American, right, mm-hmm. in, in Eric, and you have his experience, and you see Oakland, but you also see Wakanda, and you see other countries, and you see how other countries see it, and how, and you have so many different versions of people's experiences. There's mm. there's no way that you're black or you're a minority, and you look at this movie, and there isn't one, at least one moment or one character that you relate to. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it, it's not just representation as a, a a character who is black um, or a character who is, is African. It, the identity, the heritage, the history, the experience, the perception from other people, all of that is woven in the, the African experience and the, and, and, and the history the, and the history. Yeah. yeah. This movie goes deep into the in like history of like Africa mm-hmm. in like the first two minutes mm-hmm. of the movie. And as soon as it started, I was like, oh, what? This is so different. This movie is so different from every other Marvel Cinematic Universe film. Yeah. Ugh. I could just imagine, uh, you know, a few years back, people saying like, no, no, that's too black. Like, you can't you can't mm-hmm. do that. Now mm-hmm. it's like, nope, nope, whatever you want to do. Just uh, say what you got to say. Also, it's like, when are you going to have another opportunity, even within the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is on fire, regardless of whatever I said before, and have <laughs> a black superhero headlining it. The the way Marvel movies go, you, you assume he's going to have a sequel. You know he's going to be in Avengers. But like this might be your only shot. Like You might as well go yeah. all out. Yeah. And they did. Oh, did they? And, and you they. know Wakanda is going to be back in the next movie. The, oh, yeah. Uh, Infinity yeah, yeah. Wars. Like It's in the trailers. They're all yeah. going to be there. And it's going to be amazing. Yeah. And like... Wakanda is going to, I think, potentially change the entire MCU because yeah. Yeah. because it's been in hiding, and now with that with that after credit scene, it's like we're here. You know, what do you have to contribute? Well, let me tell you what we have to contribute. It's going to become what it is in the comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've had we've had a few black superhero movies before. I think Blade is probably the biggest before this, but nothing on this scale. Nothing featuring this many people of color, um, both in front of the camera as well as behind the camera. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ryan Coogler, um, uh, speaking of Oakland, um, from Oakland, um, his, I'm blanking on his, the name of his Fruitville Station, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, Creed. Um, his past two films, um, and now he's making this. Like he also assembled a pretty diverse crew who put this film together. So I just really need to hand it off to uh, or tip my hat to um, Kevin Feige and everyone at Marvel for putting so much money and putting so much faith into the people who put this film together. Um, it, it really tells that um, that they they brought such diverse talent to to this film. Yeah, and I think it, it, a lot of that can be attributed to Marvel itself, who has made Black Panther an important character over the past, 
maybe 20 years. He's been an Avenger. He's part of the, I want to, is it the Illuminati, Lara? Is it is that the group in the I think that's what they're called? Is that what they're called? I think so. Right? It's the it's like it's like the top people, um like the top minds in the world, they mm-hmm. they hold essentially like the keys to everything. But it's Doctor Strange. It's uh, So they're Black like Panther the Illuminati? Yeah, yeah, what? yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. Oh so my it's gosh. it's Comics Black Panther. Ridiculous. It's Black Panther, Doctor Strange, Reed Richards. Yeah, Reed Richards is Mr. Fantastic. Um, Beast? Beast is, yes, he has been. What? Yes, I, yes. Bruce Banner might be in that list. Bruce Banner is, yeah, 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 yeah. And then, yeah, I think that's them. I think that's them. So, like, um, for, for example, uh, I don't know how many years ago it was, but there's this uh, World War Hulk story, right, where it's like they this these men in a room decide that the Hulk is too dangerous to stay on Earth, and they, they like, throw him off the planet. Like, they... They decide a lot of stuff. Like they're they're important, but and Black Panther has been there, has been a part of that for years because Wakanda is so important in the comics. And I think by introducing it into the movies, the one thing that Marvel has done, which I, I don't think they do so well. They, they have the same problem that they do in the comics is that now if everything is connected, you can't ignore stuff. Like you can't ignore that Wakanda is there now. You can't ignore that Shuri exists in this world. Mm. And in the comics, she's top three, top five smartest people in the world. Mm-hmm. And so is T'Challa. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought, like, I like, thought she was number one, confirmed. In our hearts, she is after watching this movie. <laughs> in but, the comics, uh, T'Challa has gone to Oxford and MIT and like, yeah. So. Yeah. So, so like, you can't ignore that, that these people exist and and the effect that they're going to have moving forward. And, and like you said, like, we've seen the trailer from Infinity War and we know at the very least a lot of these characters, we're going to see them in that movie. And moving forward, I'm sure they're gonna they're gonna be important. I want to see what kind of stuff the Avengers are gonna have going forward with Shuri and and Tony Stark, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, and, the, and Bruce Banner all working on stuff. They're gonna have oh their own gosh. Illuminati. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They get they could do it. They could start it. So actually, and and on the point of Shuri and Wakaje and the Dora Milaje and wow, like the there's so many. I think that Marvel in this movie alone has propelled women in superhero movies. Mm-hmm forward the way like dc did a did a very important job marvel was lacking a lot and now they like they caught up because <laughs> yeah. there are tons of strong women in this movie marvel in the comics has been doing pretty well and mm-hmm. now here with this movie they've really elevated the role of, of women and and just like speaking of gender there's just uh, so much in terms of the royal guard here um, women in leadership positions women as engineers um, it was just yeah, so yeah. cool I haven't felt this way since probably um, Wonder Woman but then also Battlestar Galactica where like it was very clear that gender just doesn't matter and is in no way a limitation in in terms of your role in society. I mean, Wonder Woman was amazing, but there it was also just like an all-female world. And here you have women and men, and still women are in some of the highest leadership positions, and they are the highest warrior, soldier, fighter positions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Laura, you, you mentioned getting getting chills from watching the Wonder Woman training and fight mm-hmm. scenes, and I, I I did also, but I, I got them watching Black Panther today, too, oh, during yeah. the fight scenes, seeing powerful buff women throwing spears and sweeping the leg. Oh, yeah, it's great. 
is and so like good. Throwing spears off oh, the top yeah. of a car. Oh, that was such <laughs> that a scene, scene. The car chase scene was so amazing. Yeah. And then everybody cracking up at the end where she's standing and Nakia's just like hold sitting in the seat holding the steering wheel. Oh, it was the perfect oh, was so blend funny. of like oh, my gosh. comedy and power. <laughs> the oh. the big old rhino, battle rhino. Uh-huh. It comes up, it's just like it's so cute. And the whole time I'm watching that, I'm like, where have I seen her before? Where have I seen Oh, my God, that's Michonne. That's Michonne. <laughs> that's Michonne. Yep, yes. yes. And oh, my gosh. Tossing the wig. Again, oh, that was the best. As, yeah. You know, that's um, what you talked about, like, black hair in Star Trek Discovery and everything that's been written about that. And there's been a lot that's been written about how, um, how much black hair and was going to was going to be featured here in Black Panther and there's one scene where there is uh, there is a wig that's being featured and that whole scene she's like oh when can I get this stupid thing off my head and then yeah, I forgot and, if she yeah. said it's atrocious I think that's the word she used but I I'm think she sure. used yeah. atrocious yeah <laughs> when she tossed that wig my theater in downtown Brooklyn lost it Everyone yeah. is so cheering and so happy. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, the 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 comics have been doing a good job in Marvel, but the movies haven't. Right mm-hmm. there, there was. Why did it take fifteen or sixteen movies to get? We still don't have a leading um, role for for a a female superhero. We won't until have that we until get Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel. Yeah, yeah. So we won't get that till next year. But yeah, the com- the comics have been doing fine, but. But not enough people read comics. And the comics, they've been cutting a lot of their stuff. The diversity. Yeah. Like, the, the more I was going to experiment- say diversity hires. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's kind of their experiment. They're, yeah. they're not getting rid of Black Panther, though. And they're not getting rid of Miss Marvel, um, who's Muslim. But a lot Ms. of their other, the other ones they're adding, they, they're, they're cutting back on that. Yeah. Well, I mean, because they're not selling. and But thankfully, yeah. the, those characters aren't disappearing. They're no. just they're just not going to be leading their own exactly. books anymore. Yeah, we'll see a lot of team books, and we'll see. How, and that's we'll see okay. How Teamwork is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But, and and speaking of diversity, um, there was this big UCLA study a few years ago that uh, looked at TV and film over the last ten years and demonstrated that there's a pretty strong correlation between um, casting and creating. Um, diverse actors and diverse um, characters and how successful that show is. And we talk about, uh, or Laura, you talk about um, Grey's Anatomy a lot. And uh, Mm -hmm. that was one big example of that. And I think we see this here as well. This film broke the online ticket sales record for the MCU. I think the previous record holder was Civil War. Um, it's only Friday right now as we're recording this, mm-hmm. but I got a feeling that this film is going to break a lot of records in terms of ticket sales. And I know a lot of people are going to see this film that have not seen any single MCU film. And they're going in terms of solidarity. They're going in terms of being drawn to these actors, to the storyline, to the Afrofuturism that's being featured here, to just like how this is speaking to so many people that um, superhero movies just usually ignore. And it has a 97% on Ryan Tomatoes. That, that doesn't hurt. Which, nice. which means that people think that it's a good movie. Which yeah. means makes that the difference. people that were launching that campaign to give it horrible Rotten Tomatoes reviews failed miserably. Ooh. It could have 100%. 
Yeah. Uh, this isn't a Tyler Perry movie, is, is kind of my point. Like, <laughs> like, you can have a full black cast and be a, a movie Yikes. that's not considered a good movie. Uh, uh, yeah. This is important. <laughs> and yeah. I, and it, I think it speaks to investing in talent like Ryan Coogler, who I just watched Creed earlier this week. And man, that movie is so amazing. Um, he was also um, one of his writer, one of the writers. I think he has a writing partner that he works with. Um, he also wrote that film, directed that film, and it it was just such a fantastic blending of of old and new. And um, Marvel hiring people who have a lot of promise. And uh, uh, yeah, it's it's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> it's good. It's good. <laughs> So uh, you said Afrofuturism. That's mm. one of the things on my on my checklist. What what is that term? What does that mean? You know, um, there's a, a really great episode of Star Trek: Deep Space Nine um, called "Far Beyond the Stars," and it is it's basically a um, it, it actually kind of goes in, into the past. And the main captain, Captain Cisco, um, is a black man. And um, it goes into the past when he's a science fiction writer, um, I think in like the 50s or something like that. And he creates a science fiction story about um, a black captain in the future, um, which is basically Deep Space Nine. And he is not allowed to publish his story because his lead is black. And so I think to explain back um, Afrofuturism, it's sort of a response to how stories of um, black people and Africans and people of color stories featuring these characters in a lot of Western science fiction has been denied. And you, you don't really see people of color in the future in a lot of science fiction. So Afrofuturism is sort of taking this perspective of, okay, what if we do feature stories in Africa that um, are in the future? And how how would the future emerge? What would it look like? How would these science fiction stories be different? I think that about covers it. I don't know. Josue, what do you think? Yeah, I think it, it includes, like, for the, for the most part, it's allowing black voices to write science fiction. And then what would that be? If you've never had black voices before, what would be different? And obviously, you're going to have your your culture and your history involved in it and a part of it is is the idea uh, in black panther where it's like imagine what would happen if a, if a group of people in africa would were not colonized what would happen if they had the resources the greatest resources in the world how different would the world be versus western cultures right and and all those things are things that apparently white people never thought of. <laughs> and to that point, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this in that I, I like that the Marvel movies, I like how much science fiction there is in them. And, and the DC movies too, right? Like Superman's an alien. Um, Thor is an alien. Like I, I love this this part of the uh, of these universes. There isn't so much magic. It's it's mostly, you know, some sort of science involved. And I forgot what I was where I was going. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a little time to think about yeah. it this way. Um, What's so cool about science fiction is science fiction looks to the past and looks at historical themes and looks at themes that do continue to play out in history. So like some future galactic 
uh, empire might be based on the Roman Empire and things like that. But but that inherent in, in that is also the problem. Science fiction is so much of that history is has been based in Western civilization, and so many of the voices have been based on the history that we're so familiar with in in America. And that, that's what I was going to get to. That uh, I forgot is that I've been thinking a lot about this, and I watch a lot of anime. I always have. I love the mm. Japanese influence in science fiction, and I love anime because it's so different from American cartoons and from American science fiction. It's way more colorful and it's wild and crazy. And I've been thinking about, for example, I'm, I'm not trying to diss uh, Star Trek here, uh, Ali. I'm hoping we can find common ground here. There's a lot of ways you can diss Star Trek. Just but don't I think that as, as, as much as I love <laughs> Star Trek, Star Trek is like looks dull and it looks... Yeah generic and boring yes and then you think of something like um the comic book saga for example is mm. so good because mm-hmm. it's sci-fi just to the it's so it's so crazy right compared to but it's crazy compared to what we're used to and that's why i love anime i was thinking about like there's a show called tenchi muyo all right i used to watch when i was uh, a kid it was an anime and the spaceships like turn into cats and they looked like they were grown in a garden, right? They looked like stone, right? And then when they were full grown, they could just turn back into cats and the cats could turn back into a spaceship. Yeah. It's like stuff like that. I never saw anything like that in Western sci-fi. Yeah. And, and, and I love that. And this feels like that. This feels like anime to me. This feels very, very different and colorful. Lauren, like you were talking about the design, like let's talk about the visuals in this movie, right? Like how, and, and that, and that falls in, in line with the Afro, Afrofuturism thing too. Like we see what an African uh, Blade Runner would look like, right? Like what, what does a city in the future look mm-hmm. like, right? It's so colorful and it's so, so freaking cool. Yeah. I loved the, the scene with the, the first King challenge meetup where the four, houses were were up on the the waterfall cliffs overlooking the the battle arena and they were um basically color coded mm-hmm. in their groups there's sort of the purple pink group and then there's the the red and gold and then there's like a, a green group. the the guy who had the big old lip gauge mm-hmm. with his green suits and then the green oh God, that looked so good. And I loved the use of color. And he kept popping up in the movie too, which was yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Every time they showed him, I was like, yes. Oh my gosh, look at that outfit. Oh, <laughs> it's great. It's great. Yeah. yeah. What's so cool about that is it's taking some stereotypes that um, people in, in the West might seem as, as primitive or as backward or, you know, all these stereotypes that we have. And then totally flipping them on their head right like um like you see that guy and you might you might have these like associations that oh you know like a a pretty primitive culture like not access to technology or any of this stuff but it's like wakanda and then you see this character you follow him through through the the throne room and through all of these areas of this very futuristic african blade runner i love that description (laughs) (laughs) yeah like what what does the future look like if you start from there and you don't snuff out um entire cultures like what happens that's exactly what i was going to say and what does the future look like if um colonialism and, and exploitation and and all of these things did not happen to this group, which is actually like a theme in the movie. Like colonialism keeps coming up in so many ways. 
Don't scare me, colonizer. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the scene in, in, in the UK as well. Mm-hmm. Like, what's also speaking to that is this movie has one of the best villains in a Marvel Cinematic Universe film. I, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely want to talk uh, a lot about, about that in a second, but I want to... Sorry to interrupt you, but the, on the colonialism Anytime, thing... Anytime, please interrupt me. I, I talk ju- too much. I just, I just want to say one thing on that. Um, I was born in Puerto Rico, and Puerto Rico has this very strange political situation where even by the United Nations, it's considered a colony. That's kind of messed up. And the reason for that is that it, it belongs to the United States, but... and. And it's very strange because its citizens are uh, of Puerto Rico are American citizens and they have all the rights of American citizens, except that if you are in Puerto Rico, you have no representation in Congress and you can't vote for the president, which means that you have no representation in the federal government, which means you have no agency. Means you Taxation have, without representation. You have no vote, right? It's uh, it, it's worse than D.C. At D.C., they can at least vote for president. And they and, have it on their license plates. And they have it on their <laughs> license plate. Um, and so in Puerto Rico, in political discussions, there's a lot of talk about colonization, about the United States as a colonizer. And it's I've always been torn because I've, I've often thought, like, I was born in the 80s. Puerto Rico became the property of the United States in the late 1800s. It's been a hundred years. Like I live in the world I live in now, but a lot of people are are constantly, and, and they try to look back at what the world would, what their experience would be like if they didn't um, become a part of the United States. I know people who have like the, the native um, tribes in, in Puerto Rico are called the Tainos. And I, I've met people who like, took on Taino names and they take on these cultures, uh, like uh, cultural um, norms from from the original tribes. And But like if you go to Puerto Rico, it's like half of everything is in English. The movies, like everybody's watching Black Panther this weekend just like we are. You know, there's McDonald's everywhere. There's, there isn't, it doesn't feel very Puerto Rican. And But a lot of people are constantly talking about that. And watching this movie, I couldn't help but think about that. I've never even imagined... I think a lot of people do because I've, I've heard them talk about it, but I've never really sat down to think about what Puerto Rico would look like if it was under a different situation. And and again, it still being a colony, that word colonization uh, coming up over and over again was, uh, I don't know, like like that really, it really hit me and it gave me a lot to think about. I just, I just wanted to throw that out there. And, and I, th- I think that speaks to a larger conversation about how this movie, it, there's so much gray. It's hard to 100% root for T'Challa. And it's like, Hard, it's hard to root 100% for or, or go against 100% uh, uh, Killmonger. Like, there's a lot, like, and there's so many different opinions, and it's very, very complicated. And, and that's like the beauty of Eric, but also like the beauty of the entire movie. There's like really important themes and so many gray areas that are, that are discussed in the movie. Mm. But by the end of the movie, you get kind of the best of both worlds. Like, oh, absolutely. T'Challa wants to, to keep Wakanda, Wakanda which is what he's been talking about the whole time, but also help others without violence, which is Killmonger wanted to help the rest of his people, but with violence. Um, so you get the best of both worlds, and T'Challa really learns from all of that. I, so. I, that was that was expert craftsmanship of, of the narrative, introducing the main conflict uh, early on between family members. Mm-hmm. 
and having them already discussing this issue of of being closed off and protectionist versus, you know, making yourself vulnerable in an effort to improve other people's lives. And that conflict had already started started up before they even introduced I mean, really introduced the villain. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that that was very good, good story arc. Yeah, and the villain is the extreme representation of that, and the and the result of those those policies. Well, and those it's ideas. basically he had the same ideas, but the context of his own lived experience made his beliefs like grounded in violence because that was mm-hmm. what he knew and what he came from and what he was good at is violence and so it's like even though they had the same basic goal in mind he only saw through the lens of of violence of turning against the oppressors and becoming the oppressors because that's the only way to get what you want and there was a lot of things that were so relevant to right now Oh and and God. one of the things yeah. that he says is like, yeah, you died. Everybody dies. Like mm-hmm. here in Oakland, people die all the time. He got all radicalized the in the United States mm-hmm. by seeing the way uh, black people are treated. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's so uh, what what so spoke to me about this movie is how you can really understand um how T'Challa and Killmonger got to where they are and it it sort of echoed MLK and Malcolm X it echoed mm-hmm. you know Professor X and Magneto so many of these dynamics that we've seen play out where the hero and the villain are not too far away from each other and in a certain situation and context you can see things from both of their perspectives and so here you have a story where we so identify with these characters and then against it are like they're bringing up themes of colonialism and isolation and protectionism and nationalism mm-hmm. and refugees and slavery and radicalization and yeah like Josue you're saying like so like right now and you know it's it's hard to root for T'Challa when 80% of the movie he is proclaiming Trump's agenda yeah right? it's like, so oh. that's exactly exactly what I was going to say Josue no. that I, I uh, if you were here I'd give you a kiss because my <laughs> favorite thing about this movie is it takes all those issues that we are like um, we've drawn you know our sides and we are we're kind of protecting those ideas because that's what our mind does it fights ideas that are that's that are dangerous to to ourselves but or to our beliefs and it presents them in such a new way that it makes you wonder. And it, it leads to these conversations about, oh, yeah, protectionism. Our main hero, Black Panther, is proposing similar ideas as as Donald Trump. And so what does that mean? Like, would Wakanda be who they are if they didn't have those um, those big barriers? What's what are, what's that final line? The wise build bridges, the fools build barriers? Mm-hmm. But they've built barriers for thousands of years. So, boy, wow. I, I love that this is what the film is about. And it doesn't give us any answers. It doesn't. Yeah, well, it sort of is. It is, Laura, as you were saying, it's, it's bringing the best of both worlds. But I think that's going to have a lot of consequences for Wakanda, something we'll probably see in a sequel. 
But the interesting part is that without those barriers, Wakanda wouldn't be what it is because they would have been colonized as well. And so because they protected themselves for so long, they can see what happened in the world to every other African nation. And then now they're able to somehow, T'Challa is like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to let down the barriers, let everyone know who we are even knowing the risks and mm-hmm. having like claw call them savages mm-hmm. over and over again even though they're the most like advanced culture in the world and it, they probably wouldn't have been colonized i mean the cultural influence would have completely changed yeah. who they are right because they they allowed other people and they let immigrants in right they let other people with uh, different ideals and and different cultures um different customs come in but then like so, so that's like a big part of it. Like we want to preserve mm-hmm. our Wakandaness, right? Which is yeah. like ah, oh, like something that's being discussed right now. And <laughs> and then and then Eric, his extreme version of it is that now he wants to spread his ideas to the world. Like mm-hmm. we we're we're going to we've never been colonized because we're Wakanda, but other people who look like us mm-hmm. have been oppressed. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna go and we're gonna we're gonna take it all back we're going to oppress all the oppressors mm-hmm. and that's harder to uh relate to to right now but it's like it's it's the extreme right i'm glad that they went to that extreme and they showed mm-hmm. again it's just like there, there's so many different sides to their arguments to everybody's arguments in this movie yeah. where even like even okoje and, and her husband right are like on opposite sides of what to do sometimes because sometimes they're like no but we got to follow customs and we got to follow the king but then it's like oh no but actually i agree with this and then they're they're not together like um mm-hmm. i really liked civil war for the the way that it presented what i thought was like a moral dilemma <laughs> yeah like yeah. a serious moral yeah. dilemma but it was it was kind of i think it was it was it was obviously binary. Like you either you either team Cap or team Iron Man, right? There wasn't much space in the middle. If you just like it was it was pretty easy to agree with one or the other almost instinctively. Mm-hmm. But here it's like oh like, I don't I don't know who do I root for? Like do I have to vote? Like do I who do who do I want to be the king? Like obviously Eric's like going overboard. But can we like keep can we keep him around? Can we be an advisor? Well, like, and, what are we doing? <laughs> if, you, if you dig further with Eric, uh, so not only he, does he have. Not only does he have the experience of growing up in Oakland when he does and discovering his dad um, killed, um, but then he's also, he's in war after war after war. Like, he he has been, quote, radicalized, and he has seen a lot of tough stuff. He's also been trained to kill. So, you know, he's not a completely, he's not a binary black or white. It's not a binary good or bad situation here with our hero and villain um oh my gosh i love that so much i think in in the movie they do a really a really cool thing um the scene where he tells them to burn all the the fancy Mm. flowers Mm -hmm. with the the sparkle flowers (laughs) the heart-shaped flowers (laughs) the the heart-shaped sparkle flowers and and basically that being a sort of metaphor for this idea of of these two these two directions of growth for Wakanda a- and the idea being that you can you can have growth out of burned remains like forest fires go through and a whole bunch of new things grow that couldn't have grown there before the idea of him having been through this traumatic event as a kid and then joining you know 
the army or whatever and going to war, a bunch of different wars, and this idea of of him seeing growth via destruction. Things get burned down and new things grow in their place. Yeah, like we're not doing it that way anymore. It's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And him him choosing that versus the idea of like no you want to you know you want to cultivate what is already grown here and you and you want to you know help shape it to become better versus like no we'll burn it all down and start over it'll be great <laughs> uh, and just sort of that that dichotomy of of how how to look at growing your you know your your group your family your people metaphor aside i i thought it was real funny in retrospect when uh, in the trailer you see him saying like "burn it all down," but in the movie, it's like "burn down the garden," essentially. Yeah, <laughs> not, not, not the city. Not the yeah. city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back with some of our our favorite stuff. Have you considered joining Geek Therapy on Patreon? Patreon is a membership platform where you can support some of your favorite creators. Starting at just $1 a month, you can gain access to early and exclusive videos, podcasts, and the Geek Therapy Book Club by going to geektherapy.com slash Patreon. For the month of February, the book club will be reading the original Marvel Runaways comic, and at the end of the month, we'll be comparing it to the new Runaways TV series on Hulu for those of you who have watched that. For more information on perks and benefits of becoming a Patreon supporter, visit geektherapy.com slash Patreon. Okay, we're back. Um... One thing that I thought was was really cool about the movie, and I'm curious uh, how you guys felt about this, is it was it was also very surprising. Like that for all the things that we said, also, but it just as as the movie was going on, there was this moment where Eric killed his girlfriend, killed Claw, and then just like went right into Wakanda. I was like, whoa, is this actually happening? Like this is like that that made the movie going experience so so good because it wasn't. I didn't expect that. I didn't expect Claw to die. And if you if you read the comics, Claw is like the arch nemesis of Black Panther. Mm. Like he's always around. And the fact that we we got him for just like Andy Circus, like I don't know, like like oh damn, he's dead. And then when he funny. when when he shows up in uh when Eric shows up in Wakanda, I was like, Oh, like he had a plan, like he just <laughs> went for it. Like that was so much fun to watch. I was surprised to see Andy Circus as Andy Circus and not as a motion capture thing. He <laughs> <laughs> was quite the character though. I mean he still had a, a green sleeve on. That's right. It yeah, just maybe wasn't that's a full bodysuit. Maybe that's, that's in true. every contract. Part of him has to be like motion captured in some way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that hand cannon was pretty cool that was pretty cool his claw yeah the yeah. claw yeah yeah you can't see it but i'm doing the jim carrey liar liar the claw. The claw. yes <laughs> oh no it's I'm, the claw. I'm acting it out on this podcast i thought you were Visual. doing like an inspector gadget throwback or something oh that's another claw no that's Doctor Claw. That's our very serious response to your to your point, Husband. I see. Yeah. yeah. I mean. <laughs> no, but I, I think there, the movie took a lot of risks in 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 a lot of ways, and um, it, that's where it also kind of separates itself from other MCU movies. Husband, you mentioned earlier that they're um, they kind of like can. Well, I'm I'm adding to what you're saying. Like they're like candy. They're they're fun. They taste good, and then like you know, it's not very nourishing. A lot of them, you just kind of forget about them. 
Um, but this is definitely not not like that. And I think it is because um, it was so interesting um, and so surprising in so many ways. And it's so good to have a villain that doesn't give a monologue and doesn't yeah. say have like minions that he's sending mm-hmm. out. He's like, no, I'm going in. I'm going to do this. It's like, you know, like the Joker was so great. It's like he's just he's just going to do his thing. He's like he's just messing stuff up. And Eric just went through. He's like, I, I don't have time to waste. I've got stuff to do. I love that. Michael B. Jordan, I think, mm-hmm. kind of in many ways steals this movie. He's mm-hmm. so good yeah. in this yeah. role. So <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. It's true. It's amazing. It's amazing what he did. I, I also just love this idea that um, besides Oakland, like the United States is really not a part of this movie too much. Well, there's a CIA agent there the entire time. Yeah. Yeah, but the the but he shows up in South Korea, right? Right, <laughs> and like it's very clear he's that still a British man playing an American <laughs> with, <laughs> with a decent American yes. accent. Yes. I mean, he's been doing it for so long. Yeah, uh, well, have you guys seen the the joke on on, on Twitter that uh, the two white men in the movie are Andy Serkis, who played Gollum, and and Martin Freeman, uh, who plays Bilbo. <laughs> So they're the two <laughs> Tolkien white guys in the oh. movie. Oh, oh no. it's so good! It's so, so good. good! It's so good. <laughs> okay, that is that is really good. So good. I didn't. I didn't make it up. Way, that's it's, so it's old too. It's the, it's so good though. See, yeah, they didn't it hear still it. Works. It's new to them. Yeah, yeah it's it was new, new to me. <laughs> but I love I love the idea that in this universe, Wakanda is actually the world's superpower. And it's bringing up this whole debate about wh- what is the role and what is the responsibility of a superpower? How much should a, a nation, a group of people, a tribe that is in some way gifted with resources, what's their responsibility to other people? There's been some, some historians have talked about... Um, the United States and just the sheer access to resources it has that, you know, we stole from Native Americans, but that's a whole nother thing. But um, there's a lot just geographically that gives America an advantage. And there's a similar thing here with Wakanda, where it was gift. they called it the gift, right? Vibranium and how that's allowed this nation to flourish. So what is their responsibility to the rest of the world? That's a very big, complicated question that doesn't have an easy answer. And that is the whole theme of this movie right there. You know, I love that. And they don't talk about it in that general of a sense either there's a very clear argument of like well there are other people who descended from africa also mm-hmm. who need our help mm-hmm. like we should go and i think that the outreach center in oakland is like we're gonna help the black kids in the city mm-hmm. we're not mm-hmm. here to help everybody there are very specific groups that we're identifying with and that we're gonna try to help which is like such an it's like such a surprising conversation to see happening throughout a movie <laughs> yeah it's incredible Throughout a superhero movie, especially. Throughout a superhero movie. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the MCU is so large right now. Again, I mean. It's massive. Yeah. Like, to, again. The I've, next movie is going to have like 20 something <laughs> heroes in it. All again, of them. And, that, and that's them. not And counting. that's not if you count all the Dora Milaje and all the, like, it's. Mm-hmm. And that's not counting the Netflix series, Runaways, yeah. and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. There's a whole, like, it's, it's a mm-hmm. whole world that they've built at this point. Mm-hmm. There's also like like going deeper into the sci-fi ness of it. Like I'm I'm very curious. Once <laughs> it's like oh, um, 
we have we've had aliens, so we know that there's really advanced technology out there. And like Wakanda is super advanced, but Thanos is going to show up with like even more advanced technology. And so is so is so are the Guardians, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And once uh, you know that there's a there's going to be something very very interesting here because if Wakanda is so advanced, like have they traveled to space? Are they like huh. are there Wakandas on other planets? It kind of seemed like they were too much into the idea of holing up and... But they had war dogs in every single country. I I feel like if anybody in the world knew that Peter Quill was kidnapped when he was a kid in the 80s, it would have been Wakanda. Wakanda. They would be like, oh, there's spaceships coming and going. And those (laughs) Chitauri, like, we're gonna... Like, we had people in New York and we got a few samples and, like, they would be... Like, the idea of the superpower that has not only... Like, they have the greatest resource in the world right? like the reason why they've been able to advance is because they've they've been able to apparently properly manage this this magic resource right because vibranium is a metal but it can do can do almost anything and and so like how far have they taken it i would i would love to see to like to explore that that idea because then if you bring in the guardians of the galaxy with their spaceships and thanos is showing up and and you don't discard the chatari from before it's like well how advanced are we you may be the most advanced country in the world, but then now we're we're on an intergalactic landscape. When what Captain Marvel comes back to Earth, yeah. it's like, well, you know, the Kree have been here before, and now I just came, and Nova, like the Nova Corps is out there. Like, there's all this other stuff that, in in the grander scheme of things, I I I really want them to explore because in the comics, that is like, like you you can't deny that stuff. Can you imagine what's going to happen when Shuri gets her hands on alien tech? Like, Ooh. it's going to be amazing. Mind blown. <laughs> Technically, like, vibranium was for, is a meteorite right. that fell. But so I'm talking, in, like, in way actual is. technology built on another planet. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, lot, lots to think about. I mean, there's a lot to think about at this movie. Um, I, I've been curious, like, what, what your favorite scenes are. I'd, I'd like to know um, <sighs> if, you, if you have any. Ali, what's your what's your favorite scene in the movie? Oh no, you pick me first. Um, <laughs> okay, we'll skip you. We'll skip you. We'll skip There's you. So many. Oh. Lauren, what's your favorite? The, the car, the car scene, the the fight in the the South Korean gambling room. That fight, and then out into the car chase was so good. So your favorite I, scene is the 15 minutes in Korea. <laughs> yeah, that is 15 minutes. <laughs> I squealed excitedly when when Black Panther did that. Super cool, like Discharge. tilt the car move yeah. mm-hmm. to avoid the crash. Oh my god, that was so cool! Oh, I heard oh. Uh, someone say that um, you know you always have the 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 guy in the chair, right? Like they said in uh, mm-hmm. in, in Spider Man, but Shuri is the first guy in the chair who's like, boom! Like I mean, actually, you know what? She, I'm it, actually it, gonna do something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually, like Alfred did that in the in Justice League and the Batman movies. He was like, yeah, I'll take control of the of the jet and I'll do this. So, but it was. It was, it was cool to see that. Uh, I guess it is like Alfred. But I still think that that's really cool. Where she's like, no, you know what? Like, I'm here on standby. And she was so excited when they called her up. It's like, yes, I'm up. I lo- I loved the, uh, wait, which side do I drive on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was really, it was really cute. And now all those Black Panther car ads make total sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Laura, do you have a favorite scene? I really like the car scene, but um, I think one of my favorite scenes is the first... Uh, challenge when he Mm. had the ceremony for him Mm. becoming king um one thing we haven't talked about is the music Mm -hmm. in this movie so good and how the the african drums blended perfectly into hip-hop and back Mm -hmm. and forth um throughout the movie and there was no like jarring 
cuts. And I think the music was beautifully mixed. I'm a little biased. I have a friend who is friends with some of the artists that did some of the the music for the movie. And most of the artists are Oakland-based. I think it's it's an Oakland movie, the whole thing. It's Oakland. <laughs> Even though it was filmed in, like, Georgia, uh, it, it's an Oakland movie. But that scene, I was sitting there, like, listening to the music, and I found myself bouncing along with them doing the, like, <laughs> movements that they were doing. And it was, it was instinctual. It was so, it was so cool. And watching them all smile at him being in this, in this role and becoming who he's supposed to become and come into his own. And even when he had to fight to get it, when everybody thought it was just going to be a, just a handoff, right? Yeah. Um, it was still that, like, amazing moment and everyone cheering for him and... It was beautiful. Yeah, the music. Um, we we got to hear what I'm what I'm assuming is representative of traditional African beats, right? Mm-hmm. And and how that ritual probably hasn't changed for thousands of years, and it's been able to it's it's been preserved. We we get to see it played out as hundreds of generations before before it um, did it. Also, it it was so freaking cool. And and on the music, you know, I think that the cultural significance of like the the moment. When last month Kendrick Lamar won Rap Album of the Year, he mm-hmm. was nominated for Album of the Year, and then now he just came out with the like he was in charge of the soundtrack. You know, I, I don't think he did the score, but he did the soundtrack, yeah. Yeah. and like his hand is all over that. And I think he's on almost every single track, and like he produced it, and it was mm-hmm. it's so cool to have like the number one rapper in the world taking care of the music for you. <laughs> and and it's like it, it's also um, it's an explicit CD, right? Like Marvel wasn't, you know, Disney wasn't like, oh, you know, we need to censor some of the music. It's like, no, that that CD is just good. Like that is yeah. good music. <laughs> 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 it is. It is awesome. My, my favorite scene was actually the scene at the end when T'Challa and and Shuri are at the basketball court, mm. and they see the kids, and he's talking about how. We've got like I bought that building and that building and that building. We're gonna start the outreach center. We're we're actually like like duh. I found a way to compromise, <laughs> and and um, Eric's sacrifice is not gonna be in vain. And we are responsible. We are responsible for creating him, and maybe we we have some responsibility for these kids too. Maybe there's something we can do. And that moment where he just shows them the ship, it's like I, to me that's like representative of showing this movie to a generation of black kids. Where it's like, mm. look, look at a a a really cool version of your ancestry. Look at these ideas. Look at um, black people in heroic roles as warriors, and look what look at the technology that we could create. And you know, I love that. That's a Bugatti spaceship. Like I, I love that thing, right? Like they they connected um, what they know with this thing that they just saw, and they're so intrigued by it. And that kid that comes at the end, he's like. What is happening? Like, who are you, man? That scene, I think that that scene is by far my favorite in the movie because it represents uh, so so much. All right, Ali, I got, I got. You've one. had time. I got one. Did you pick one? It's a, it's a little bit of a cheat, but you got to hear me out. It's two scenes. The whole movie. <laughs> 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 Cheater. <laughs> Cheater. 
<laughs> it's two scenes, but they're linked together. So when T'Challa drinks the sparkling heart-shaped vibranium fluid, and he's uh, taken, he has a vision of his um, ancestral homeland. I think, or, yeah, something like that. And then because it's like a scene from The Lion King, that's why you <laughs> like that. Mm-hmm. It was a little like the there's a scene in the, in the movie where I was like, there's going to be memes about like, see that sha- everything, Mufasa, but that I saw Mufasa face. in the sky. Yeah. Remember Simba. Uh, there's all, and then you come. Zuri's last name is Rafiki. <laughs> you uh, and then you compare that when um, Eric Killmonger drinks the magic uh, vibranium fluid, and he's taken to his ancestral homeland of Oakland, and the contrast between the two, and the conversations with their fathers, and Eric's fathers played by Sterling Brown from This Is Us. What? He's in this movie? I didn't know that. Um, and the dialogues that they have with their father, and the contrast between them, and what just really spoke to me is Killmonger hearing the story from his father, and his father saying, you know, I the sunsets in Wakanda are so beautiful. I, I hope... You know, I, I wish you could see it, and that tying together in the end, and the, like the the connection to this homeland that he like never even knew, um, and just could never be at. Um, that was just really touching for me to see that contrast and to see that connection with with these fathers and sons. At the end, Eric says, "Like, oh, you know, like I grew up thinking this was a fairy tale. Yeah, and now I'm able to see it at the end, which I think connects with. I mean, you talk about the black diaspora and this." the connection a lot of people have with um, with a homeland they never know. Like, Josue, you are talking earlier about kind of growing up in Puerto Rico. For me, I grew up in here in America, um, in California, but my, my family, the ethnic heritage is from Pakistan. And so I kind of grew up knowing and not knowing this land that I had this strong connection to, that when people see me, they connect me with that place but I've never known this place. Yeah. You know, so it, that scene kind of spoke to me on that level. I heard a um, a theory that the reason why Eric's dad, or when when Eric visited his dad, he was in Oakland, is because his father never received the ritual burial that all the other members of the royal mm. family do. So his spirit was never, like the ritual never happened, so his spirit was never able to go with the others so he's kind of stuck that makes sense yeah 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 i mean i don't i don't know if that's you know what the director or the other writers wanted to do but um it, it just adds to the to something that, that t'challa said various times it's like we eric is a product of what we did like it's not right yeah. that we did that yeah. his his father was hiding it his father was keeping a secret because he knew it wasn't right it's a, it, it's really sad that that he and en- ended up there I wonder if there's something you can do now that he bought the building. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Any anything else that you guys um, can think of that you want to talk about? I've gone pretty much through all of my, my notes. <laughs> I mean, we've done a lot of a lot of love here. Does anybody have any criticisms? I got a little one. It's very small, and I'll just say that like. If you say rhinos, you better not they say rhinos. They were rhinos. great. I love the rhinos. <laughs> they were the highlight. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just say the final, final confrontation between T'Challa and Killmonger on the, the maglev train. Mm. I mean, I wasn't 
as interested in it. It wasn't the classic MCU one big thing falling into another big thing climax finale that usually happens. Um, but they're both in the Panther uniform. You know, there's it's only like gold and like silver is like the difference between them. It was just like not as interesting to me as the battle happening above ground or the the um the more intimate battles that happen on on that waterfall in that in that ritual fight um that's my only real criticism i have the the, the whole entire film okay i have none I, I, have I have no complaints. You guys have none. Okay. Nothing. I see. <laughs> Again, in agreement. Perfect agreement. <laughs> Same person. We, um, do, we do disagree once in a while, but usually yeah. we come to a mutual, like, agree to disagree. Yeah, Laura, you weren't here last week. Never leave me alone with these two again. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Josue. I'm so sorry. Laura, I really needed you on that sports discussion. You, re- you really we did. did. Oh, my gosh. I was so mad. I was yelling. <laughs> I was like, hey, so radio. what do you both think about this? And Laura and Josue were like, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't really watch that. I, don't, I had so I don't many feelings. <laughs> uh but Lauren, yeah, you were going to say mean, something about uh, my my s- small criticisms. There, I mean, of course, it's a, it's a superhero movie. There's some questionable physics where people go flying backwards an impossible distance and then drop straight down after that, um, <laughs> which always kind of cracks me up. Or or um, like when the the lab was getting shot at by the really cool dragonfly looking spaceship and then it exploded the window and all of the window shards flew outwards. <laughs> I laughed at that. Um, and then I don't know I you guess, were a physics major, Lauren. I'm not. It's just something that I pick up on <laughs> that is sometimes f- funny and is sometimes like, well, now I can't take any of this seriously. Mm. In this case, it was not a big deal. But um, I think maybe my other criticism is um and maybe this if you is say because, rhinos no it's not okay, i love the rhinos. loves the rhinos it's yeah. it's uh <laughs> it, and maybe this is because i don't have the comic background um but the the cia guy just like choosing to continue piloting the um the ship even though he was being you know, put in danger and he's all like, oh, 50%, I'm going to keep going. They didn't really establish his character enough. I feel it didn't, he didn't really have the motivation to, to stay and keep doing that. So that you're questioning ju- the heroic acts of, I, it, of it's, Agent Fox? Yeah, it, just a little bit, a little bit. And then the the same thing goes for at the at the end with Killmonger and him choosing to, to die and his line about um, my ancestors jumped off the boats and I, I don't know. I get it, and I it was powerful because he got to see the sunset, and then he died. But I don't know. I just it, that was not super satisfying to me. What wasn't satisfying? What he said, or the fact that he died? Both. The whole thing. Ooh, I don't know. I thought I thought that that line kind of brought home everything that was talked about from from the beginning of the movie. Yeah, like, but his whole his whole motivation of being like I'm going to fight to 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 free my people to destroy the oppressors and free the oppressed, and then him just being like J.K. I'm gonna kill myself. Well, because he knew he was gonna be like he said in bondage. Like he's like yeah. you know you're not gonna lock me up. That's that's like that's what happens to us. That's not gonna happen to me. I'd rather die. I, I don't know. They didn't show any Wakandan prisons, so I don't know if that <laughs> that's a thing. 
I don't know. They're made I out think of that was, vibranium. That was just the... They're made out of vibranium. Yeah. You don't, you don't, nobody escapes. And rhinos are on the outside, so you, you're not Rhino. going far. I, if you break honestly, out. I would just, I would expect... Um, rhinos that lick you to death. <laughs> uh, <laughs> With vibranium what, armor. What is, it, what is it called when exiled? I would expect exile over uh, imprisonment, but um, I don't know. I just, it did, it felt like that was the opportunity for for him to you know, rise above his upbringing and, and recognize that maybe even though their path wasn't the right path, that his path also wasn't the right path. Mm. And I, I think that that would have been a little bit more satisfying for me. But I see what you're saying, Lauren, and I, I, um, I, I lean much more Josue. I'm going to say this. You're not going to believe it, but I lean <gasps> much more with Josue on this. <gasps> yes. Uh, and that I... I <laughs> I think because of the the power of that statement, um, you know, bringing it all back to slavery and uh, the slavers that came and and took people and um, and the visual of my ancestors right. who jumped off the boat right. because they preferred death over bondage. Right. I think that it's, that ties yeah. that whole theme of oppression together. And Lauren, I will agree with you on this count. I'm really bummed. We don't get to see Michael B. Jordan's Killmonger again because <laughs> yeah. Loki we get to see again and again and again, and he's such a great highlight of the MCU. And we don't get to see Michael Keaton again. Spoilers for Spider-Man: Homecoming. Um, and I thought he was the other. Like great he's in villain. jail. You could you could absolutely oh, see him again. Yeah, yeah, we could see him again, and he's the other great villain we've had. And now we've had Killmonger. It's it's a big bummer that we don't get to see him or um, Claw again. They were both. Yeah, you know, really great characters in this film. So yeah, I, I agree with you on that context. Like, although that's not even what you're saying, but I, 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 agree, <laughs> I agree with you. No, no, of. like he's he's a good villain, and because he he wasn't, you know, the super duper like evil for evil's sake villainy. He was this you know sort of tortured character. He had a, a dark past and, and trauma and. And what he had gone through shaped the way that he saw the world and how he interacted with the world. And the idea that at the end he was just all like, oh, you beat me. That's it. Is like, I can't, like, he had to have, he faced so much, so many obstacles in his life. And he had gotten so far, like, literally for a short period of time, he was a friggin' king. Like, mm. straight up. The idea is like, well... When our on our one on one battle before I won, but on this one you won, so I I'm just gonna die now, and that that was a little bit disappointing to me. Yeah, I mean he he had a master plan and he he did it. He went all the way to the end. The only part that that was messed up was that you know T'Challa survived that fall. Yeah, he did if, double tab. Yeah, and and otherwise like that was it. That was his plan. That was what he was there to do, and his plan was always like. I'm gonna. I'm either gonna kill him or or I'm gonna die trying. Like there's no, there was no. I, I couldn't see a world where that character was like, well, you know, I'll help you out. I'll be an advisor. Like cousin, you and me, we can we can make beautiful things happen. And and I think that the to, to me the the redemption of that character comes in the fact that well everything that he did had a had a profound effect on T'Challa. Like mm-hmm. now he mm-hmm. knows his father's That's secrets true. he he is heavily influenced by him he literally goes to the same place where his father where, where eric's father died and eric grew up and that's where he's going to start his outreach yeah. so like eric had a had a very profound effect and and I, that's that makes me love the character even more 
but it, he's it's also it's also like super tragic mm-hmm. because he's not going to get to to see it no. except yeah. from maybe the ancestral if he's in the ancestral plane yeah if they give him a, a i'm sure t'challa would give him a proper burial yeah that would be kind yeah, of a yeah. bummer though he gets to hang out with all of the family that he never met and his and dad's Mufasa. not there <laughs> oh man that is sad that um, might be like that might be worse than imprisonment <laughs> it's a different type of imprisonment i've got one more note Josue. go for it yeah bucky's back bucky's back bucky's back all right i don't I don't know what your reference that's is. A, that's a Backstreet Boys reference. After credits scene with Bucky. Bucky Barnes. And so. Shuri. Wait, wait, Lauren, did you not get my reference to Backstreet Boys or the I reference to I got the Backstreet Bucky? Boys. Okay. Right, Who is goodness. Bucky? Okay, so the, so <laughs> did you see after credit scenes? Did you stay till the end? I I I saw the scene at the UN, but I guess I missed. There was oh, there's another, another scene. Another you scene. don't yeah. leave until the lights come up at a Marvel movie. Have you watched Civil War? No, I, I don't. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, this was I went I went and saw a Marvel movie, which is already out of character for me, and I went and saw it by myself. So this was a big thing for this me. This is a big I, day. I yeah. missed I missed the final after credit scenes. I'll I'll look it up on YouTube later. But <laughs> like uh, I, who, I told Lara to stay. I told Lara <laughs> to stay till the end, and she said. Of course I'm staying to the end. I'm not crazy. Lauren, you're... you're... <laughs> Josue, you picked the wrong L name. But <laughs> Lauren, I think you are representative of a lot of the people who are going to see Black Panther and haven't seen MCU films prior. Yeah, that's true. There, there was someone in my theater who, when, when that final after credit scene came on, and they yelled out, Oh man, it's Wolverine! <laughs> <laughs> and their friend like elbowed them and said, "You're embarrassing me. That's Bucky." <laughs> so um, this is the event. Like uh, T'Challa first appears in Captain America: Civil War, which I've mentioned uh, a few times already in this episode, and. So Captain America, when he was a kid, he had a best friend. That best friend was recruited by the Russians. He became like the super spy. He has like a metal arm. He's appeared. Not in... recruited. He was, he not was recruited. kidnapped. Yeah, he was brainwashed. And brainwashed. Yeah. What, <laughs> Thank you for the correction. <laughs> what's his name? He's the, the winter. Bucky soldier. Yeah, he's the winter soldier. Winter soldier. Yeah. Did you say Bucky uh-huh. Soldier? I said Bunky Soldier. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay so the, the Winter Okay, so the Winter Soldier is Bucky? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Bucky All right. Barnes. I'm yeah. I'm back. I'm back He's in. He's got that big metal now. arm that can catch stuff. Well, she did. Yeah. But so so in in Civil War at the end, he uh, he's like activated. Like part of the whole movie is that he's been like activated to attack, um, to do some stuff, and and we find out all this stuff about him. So then at the end, they essentially freeze him and take him to Wakanda, and they're like, "We'll take care of him." Like he's until we can like deprogram him, we need to keep him on ice. And and one of the last scenes, or I think it's an after credit scene in Civil War, is yeah. Captain America and T'Challa in Wakanda with like a frozen um, Bucky, Bucky in the back. So at like, the end, like frozen, like Han Solo frozen. Yes, not yes. in carbonite. Not, he's not in carbonite, but he's like, <laughs> no, like, like no. cryostasis. Yeah. He's in a bath to bath. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at the end, at the last scene that you didn't see in Black Panther is um, these kids are looking at this guy, and then you see that the guy walk out is is Bucky, and apparently Shuri, because she can do anything um, with with vibranium, I'm sure. Heck yeah, vibranium uh, heals mental trauma. Yeah, and, apparently. And he's been deprogrammed, and he's walking out, and I, most of these after credits. Wait, scenes, if that's true, then why why didn't didn't the Eric? Why didn't he get all healed of his trauma when he got the magic Hushway's purple being goo? I'm, I'm exaggerating. I'm okay. kidding. Yeah, <laughs> he only yeah, heals yeah. brainwashing <laughs> trauma. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Superheroes. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go as far as saying like Killmonger's a bad guy, but his motivations are and his ta- like his tactics and motivations are bad. But I wouldn't say like he's like mentally ill or anything like that. No, I mean, but he's. He's clearly traumatized. Yeah, but going Walking through trauma. Walking in on your dad corpse is, that's pretty bad. But go- going through a trauma uh, is, yeah. does not mean mental illness. Right. Right. Agreed. Like yeah. that, that yeah. affected him when he was a kid and it influenced his decisions moving forward. But Being it's not like. brainwashed, kind of, kind of mental, mentally ill. Well, I, th- the, I think. So Bucky Barnes. I think Bucky, we yeah. see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bucky struggling with the stuff he's gone through in the previous right. films. That's, I think, the difference here. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. Bucky's literally, like like you guys said, he was programmed. Like, they, they say these magic words and, like, he's activated And all of a sudden again. he's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, practically a robot. So, so at the end, he's, like, all zen about it. Like, is yeah. that pretty cool? He's going to get an arm from He's so going to get a vibranium he's arm. He's massive a vibranium arm. Oh, man. Her yep, yep. her panther punchers. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Those are so cool. Yep, yep. <laughs> she is such a cool character. She's going to be the, the, like, James Bond Q of the MCU. For T'Challa, anyway. Because, like, Tony Stark is that in, in for everybody else. Like, he literally made Spider-Man's suit. That'll be really interesting if they ever meet, and then what happens? So in the Avengers uh, Infinity War trailer, the Iron Man suit, when it comes up, it's it's a lot like T'Challa's in this movie. What? The one that kind of just grows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But but Tony has one like that in the comics already that really has nothing to do with Shuri. But I mean, it would be cool if they start integrating their, their technology together. Well, Shuri in the current comic run is very different, too. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, but sticking to the to MCU stuff, it would yeah. be really cool if they did that. That would be awesome. Yeah, so I mean, I don't, I don't like most of these uh, after credit scenes. They're usually like, ugh, like it wasn't worth the the, the five minutes I waited for them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that one was that great either because like, we, he he's in all the Infinity War commercials. Right. So okay, can we talk a little bit about that because this is let's, let's go. Yeah. This is a little weird. Um, we see, we've seen the Infinity War trailer right now, and mm-hmm. we've also seen the Ant Man versus the Wasp trailer. Not mm-hmm. versus. Or oh, sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, that's and. a Bucky Soldier moment I just had. Um, mm-hmm. Ant Man and the Wasp trailer, and the world mm-hmm. is like still around. So mm-hmm. it's a little weird that they're already promoting the movie after Infinity War when Infinity War is supposed to be like the end of the universe and then you see Ant-Man and the Wasp and like things look like hunky-dory. So I don't know. Well, you never know because Homecoming, uh, the timeline is a little different. So Ant-Man and the Wasp may end up being before Mm -hmm. uh, Infinity War. Because I think the Wasp is going to beat Infinite Infinity Wars. And Infinity War is really the first part of a two-parter. Right. Yeah. 
So they so apparently they haven't even released the subtitle of <laughs> Avengers Four because it's a spoiler yeah. for what happens in Avengers Three. And yeah, Avengers and was, Four comes out next year. So and it was supposed to be Infini- Infinity War Part One and Part Two, and then they decided to rename the the fourth one. Yeah, yeah. Like technically, in the comics, um, Thanos, what he does is he doesn't destroy the world; he remakes it with the reality gem and like kills half the population on Earth or the universe, actually. Hmm. So, you know, it could just be that Ant Man and the Wasp aren't dead, but it could also be a prequel. Hmm. It could Infinity. I'm guessing that Infinity War, like Avengers Four, will pick up right after Avengers Three. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing we'll see Captain Marvel in Infinity War towards the end. I really hope so. Then we'll really get her movie, so. and then she'll be in number four. And then in Captain Marvel's movie, we'll have a cameo for Ms. Marvel, Kamala Khan. No, 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 because Captain Marvel takes place in the 80s, so that's a super prequel. Oh, we couldn't yeah. have yeah. we couldn't have a Ms. Yeah. Marvel scene. No. But that Kamala's could be a post-credits scene in the present, <laughs> which will then promote they could have a little. Movie. They could have a, a, a young Kamala be like, Oh, Captain Marvel, yes. you're so awesome. In an after credit scene. Can I take scene. a Polaroid that would be amazing. with you? Maybe, maybe, yeah. It's yeah. not going to happen, but <laughs> no, I really want it to. Happen, but I'm going to keep pushing. <laughs> but they also haven't announced a lot of what's going to come after Infinity War Part Two. It's it's a really exciting time for the MCU and uh, to see where it's Yeah, the, the expectation is that a lot of people are going to die in the next two Avengers movies. And they're going to kind of open the floodgates on I'm, I'm gonna other characters. I'm going to cry so much. You, I got a feeling it's <laughs> Avengers Infinity War Two is going to be like Avengers, the new Avengers or something. Because I know my favorite Electric guy Googling. is not going to be around much longer. Captain America? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. the the rumor. Um, I'm going to cry so hard. Yeah. Um, but I'm also okay with him just being around like he is in Spider-Man Homecoming. Like, yeah. He can still, like, he doesn't have to <laughs> star in any more movies. <laughs> no, but no, there's no. So many I don't want him to die, though. <laughs> I know. I know. Like if we if we get a Spider Woman movie, oh yeah, we get um a like what are the character would be cool? She Hulk. Um, you could have a Nova Corps movie. There'll be like Green Lanterns in space. Well, and now um, we have to figure out how the X Men are going to be intertwined here as Disney's getting ownership of uh, that franchise back, as well as Fantastic oh, Four. Yeah, I don't think they'll touch X Men for a while. I'm, I'm yeah, expecting they have Fantastic to figure Four. Figure that logistical mess out. Yeah. Like X Men is doing fine. Like the the movies make money. They have fans. Like they have those TV series. Like and they have that'll a few be a years while. of movies coming out still. Yeah, yeah, that'll be a while. But Fantastic Four, oh, they'll jump on that immediately. If they could, Fantastic Four would be like Reed Richards would be. I mean, Infinity Four, Avengers Four. He might Do be. Do they remake fan- Fantastic Four every four years? Is that like the law? Sony used to. <laughs> I think it was they Sony tried. that has the writer. Was it? No, no, no. It's not Sony. That's a. Uh, it was still Fox. Yeah. So, it was Fox. So they, in order to keep the property, they had to continue making the movies. So they would remake them. Yikes! And that's why we had Michael B. Jordan in <laughs> Fantastic Four. It's it's so funny that the one in the they made one in the '90s just so they could keep a, a company owned the rights in the '90s and they made a movie just to meet the requirements of the contract and then they never released the movie. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, and I remember I actually saw the trailer in a on, a on a home video that my dad rented. I was like, I can't believe Fantastic Four is coming. It wasn't until twenty years later that we found <laughs> we heard the story of like, oh yeah, like that was it was garbage. It was practically like a long trailer that they made just so they could keep the rights. It's pretty bad. Wow. Yeah, it's a lot of exciting stuff coming. 
but this was this was good. I mean, if they can they can keep they can keep it like like this. Like I think I think by changing things moving forward and keeping it fresh, it'll yeah, this thing will keep going for a while. That MCU. There's there's also a couple more series coming. There's the um, Squirrel Girl is having her own series what? on Secret yeah. Warriors. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, what Cloak and Dagger start mm-hmm. soon. Also, mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. Did a lot of stuff. Did you all see the um, the Venom preview? No. Ooh. There's a Venom? you didn't get the Venom no. preview with uh, with Ooh. Venom with in San Francisco. Yeah, with Tom Hardy, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I got that one before. Before. With his pillowy lips. I know what I'm doing after <laughs> I record with you all. Yeah, Venom, Venom trailer. Yep. Well, I was gonna say the the cast, not the cast photo, but the um, the ten years of MCU photo. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's pretty cool. They bring like pretty much all the actors that have been in all the MCU films, and they do a giant photo with everyone together. Yep, yep. That was back in October, I think, when they took it. Yeah, um, minus Agent yeah. Calder. He was Coulson. 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 Yeah, because he was in New York Comic Con. Right, that's how, right, right. You know, yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And at kicking. the same time, it also is uh, um, not not a lot of brown people or Asian people in that cast photo. Uh, They're all in Black Panther. <laughs> so um, I, I do want to wrap up with saying that, I mean, I, I think we all agree that this feels like a cultural moment. Like... It's a highly rated film. It's going to be so. It's critically successful. It's going to be commercially successful, and obviously, like geek therapy people will, will think that it has a lot of um, relatable and cultural significance. So I think it feels like a moment. But what makes it feel like a bigger moment to me is uh, Black Lightning is also a TV series that's on TV. That I love the fact that like it's on CW, but it has nothing to do with all the other superhero shows. Because it wanted to do its own thing, and and I think it's amazing because it feels it, there, there's a lot of things that are very similar. It's 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 all about the black experience, and it's talking. I mean, it's it stars all black actors, and there's one token white guy as a best friend, but that's that's it. And this is a superhero series, and it's emotional, and it's well um, like acted. Like nothing about it feels cheap, and it's cool, and it's funny, and anybody can enjoy it. And it's like a you know it has like a universal appeal, but also very high. It feels high quality. I don't know. I think both of these things existing at the same time, it means something. It means media something matters. Huge. Media Me- matters. I think media matters. Yeah. Media does yeah, matter. yeah. 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 Ow. Lauren, that's like your mic drop moment of the podcast. I think that's it for for this episode of uh, GT Radio. Thank you, guys. Remember, now we all watch uh, our our new movies on Fridays, and then we record a couple hours later. Sound good? You know what I want, Josue? I don't care. Question. I'm just kidding. He just Go wanted ahead. to tell you you don't care. He yeah, care. yeah, yeah. I, I would love to hear some question cues about Black Panther. Me too. Send us your questions. Yeah, send us Where questions. Where can people send their questions, Josue? So there's been some confusion, and I, I'm, I'm glad to clear this up. So Geek Therapy has a question cue. That's uh, question cue. Both words start with a Q. So I thought it would be real easy if um, the link was geektherapy.com slash QQ, the letters just QQ. <laughs> But I want to I want to repeat that it's it's 
it's just the letters Q and Q, one right after the other. <laughs> so it's geektherapy.com slash letter Q, letter Q. Geektherapy.com slash QQ. Please send us pic- send us uh, questions about Black Panther or anything. We we we, we would love to, to answer questions. It makes it easy uh, to create content if we if we just answer questions. <laughs> <laughs> Very easy. <laughs> and for more uh, geek therapy, visit geektherapy.com. Uh, GT Radio is our, our, our weekly show about uh, geek culture and mental health. This was one of those where we geeked out a lot. Um, and you can find us on Twitter at Geek Therapy, and each of us on Twitter are at Josue A. Cardona. Uh, Lara is at Geek Therapist. Lauren is at Chicken Dinosaur. Ali is at Ali Matu. And we'll be back next week. A Black Panther is the melanistic color variant of any big cat. You just listened to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. For more about Geek Therapy and our other podcasts, visit geektherapy.com. And for extra content, including our monthly book club and other perks, consider supporting us for as little as $1 a month at our Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com slash geektherapy. 